guys, welcome back to another ESL podcast, and it's another Investment Monday, man. Here we are going over, again, I'm not very good at enunciating, uh, you know, Korean names. Big shout out to my folks in Seoul and, oh, I can't pronounce the other name. I'm so sorry, but it starts with the G. You know exactly who you are. Shout out to you guys. All right, but I think it's Suk Young, okay, and Omar. So they're, again, like I said last week, they are visiting private investors today. They're both unhappy with the returns they are receiving. Okay, so you're going to listen to it. Then we're going to go into another audio, and we're going to listen to the advisor's comments on each portfolio. Okay, and then we're going to go with, obviously, discussing the different types of investments, portfolios, and what was discussed. All right, so with that being said, guys, let me hurry up and computer share the sound so you guys are hearing what I'm hearing, and here we Track six, Seokian. So, why have you come to see us today? Well, I've been investing for several years now and have built quite a large portfolio. Just in equities? Yes, mainly. All the big Korean companies. But I have some bonds as well, and I've recently invested in a commodity fund. Okay, and how can we help? Well, my returns are really inconsistent. In a good year, I can make 10 to 15%, but then I lose even more in a bad year. And to be honest, my capital is smaller than when I started. Okay, well, let's start by taking a closer look at your portfolio. Okay. Track 6, Omar. So, how can I help you? I'd like to get a second opinion on my investment strategy. I've built a portfolio over quite a long time, but the returns are much lower than I was expecting. That's not a problem. Could I ask what the main asset classes in your portfolio are? I have a broad spread, but I hold quite a lot of bonds and money market products. I like the income and couldn't face losing my capital. So what's the problem? Well, my capital hasn't grown that much. I've been reading about investing, and I think I'm not making the most of my money. Ah, you see what I mean? So this is why, you know, there's so many things that need to be discussed in present day that if you were to open yourself up and to meet different people and to have people who are in investments and know a lot of different things, this would be able to help you. But see, if you don't know it, it, let me give you a real quick example. This is completely off topic. But I have an ex-student who's an epidemiologist, okay? She's a doctor, graduated from University of Sydney. She's Thai. I asked her about vaccines, right? Because I wanted to hear a real opinion, not an American doctor opinion, just fronting for a whole bunch of news agencies, uh, a real opinion. And after listening to her and her breaking down the mRNA and her showing me these crazy photos that not even an astrophysicist could dissect, she said that Sinovac, the Chinese vaccine, is the best vaccine because it's not made with the viral load. And the vaccines with the viral, viral load, which is basically all the other vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, and uh, AstraZeneca, everyone, they're not even sure if that might produce cancer later in the long run. So when she told me that and she broke it down, I'm like, oh my God. So going back to what I'm talking about here, it's always great to get a second opinion, such as what Omar did. He's like, I don't think I'm getting the best of everything. It's kind of like with my career. 
while I was stuck away in a part uh, in a part of Bangkok by the name of Rangsit, it felt like I was withering away. It felt like I was wasting my best years. It felt like I wasn't maximizing who I was. It felt like I didn't have a support. It felt like I wasn't learning anymore. It felt like I was being put into a box in the final year I was there. So I needed to say, you know what? This isn't working. This is a moment of clarity. I need to go bigger. And so I did. So that's why it's always good to say, you know what, is this really working? And if it isn't, what can I do now? And this is exactly what they did. So what we're going to do is listen to the advisor's comments for each of the portfolios now. And this is the second audio. Track seven, Siokian. Two and a half minutes. Okay. I can see you're heavily invested in stock in Korean industrial companies. Yes. I mean, Korean companies have been growing and I thought it would be a good investment. Yes, I definitely recommend having some of this stock in your portfolio, but you're overexposed to one market. This means that if there's a downturn in the Korean industry, your entire portfolio will lose value. Basically, this overexposure means you're carrying too much risk in the portfolio. Right, I understand. Uh, how do I resolve it? Well, you need to diversify. You can think about different stock or asset classes. You might want to think about geographic diversification, too. Hmm. How do you mean? Well, you could buy stock in the U.S., for example. If you had U.S. stock, too, your portfolio would only be partly affected by a downturn in Korea. Oh, it's as simple as that? Not exactly. I'd also recommend increasing your holdings in bonds and cash. These aren't strongly correlated with the equity market, so even if shares fall, bonds will retain their value. This would protect your investment. Track 7. Omar. See what I mean here? So your portfolio is only growing at about 1 to 2% a year, but your returns have been very consistent. It's a very defensive portfolio, though. Sorry, I don't understand. Well, if you want to increase your capital, you'll need to take more risks. You know what they say. You have to risk money to make money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm prepared to increase the risk a little, but I don't want to go crazy. Well, if you were happy with about 5% returns, you wouldn't need to increase your risk exposure too much. Yes, that would be satisfactory. How could I do that? Well, at the moment, only about 5% of your portfolio is in equities. If you increased that to about 15 to 20 percent, you could see higher returns without too much more risk. So I should sell my bond holdings? That depends. If you don't want to inject more capital, you'll need to sell some bonds. But if you're happy to increase your capital, you can just buy more equities. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Right, so buy more equity. So you guys hearing this, again, it makes a lot of sense, right? So the first one, obviously, him being, um, oh my God, Suk Yun, it's very important to understand diversification. So he said, you know what? You All your holdings are within just the, Ameri uh, the Korean market, but that's too much of a risk. It's kind of like me putting all my finances into the American market, but that's too much of a risk, right? Because if America supplants like it did 13 years ago, everything is gone. 
But if I diversify and put myself maybe in a potentially a Singaporean market, not exactly sure how I could go about that, but putting them in different markets, it would actually enable me. It's kind of like looking at some of the different trends out there with like, I don't know, oil companies or whatever. You would see that that could be, again, a lot of people go into day trading, but that's like the highest risk. But, you know, sometimes oil companies, you know, with the diversification, if I not, I'm not talking about Shell, Chevron or anything, I'm talking about in the Middle East. We know that that's going to be a consistent upward trend. They're never going to fall apart, except with what had happened with uh, the Saudi Arabian Russian thing that I think it happened about a year ago uh, in regards to the oil wars, whatever they called that, the big strike. Um, but other than that, diversification, this is what's so important, people. Now, for everyone who isn't even into investment, diversification with your accounts. So if you're a person who's just saying, ah, well, you know, Arsenio, not really into, you know, asset management, all this investing and stuff, but, you know, money is an issue. I can't save my money. So I say, okay, well, how do, how much do you save? And it's very difficult for me because I get money coming from so many uh, multiple sources. Um, so it could be a student in France. It could be someone in Morocco. It could be the company that I train at that pays me on a weekly basis. It could be my monthly job. Um, it could be, you know, another student who I teach routinely, another student who I teach routinely. So these types of markets, and it's kind of like a lady who just came to me who hadn't spoke to me in about six weeks. She's going to pay a lump sum for her daughter to learn with me for 20 hours. So all that money, more than likely, I'm going to send it to my American bank account. One, because it just doesn't have any money in it. <laughs> and two, I'm diversifying the different accounts that I have. So the main account I have, I always keep like maybe a hundred to two hundred dollars in it for the for weekly, and then when I get that injection every week for working just six hours, I spread that across two to three accounts, and so that builds up in terms of every day and like income balance statement, whatever you want to call it, management. I'm managing very easily to the point that right now. I have the visa money, which is a big lump sum of just under a thousand dollars. I got my iPhone 12 money, right? I got a month saved up worth of rent. So I'm ready just in case I'm playing defense in place. Uh, I'm sorry, in place. And in, in, in case, there we go, in case, in case everything falls apart out here in terms of COVID. But at the same time, I could still go on the attack and get the resources that I need. Does that make sense? So if the company goes away, which it won't, I'm still good because I have online classes. Now, if the company and my job goes away and my online students just disappear and everything, I could be, you know, I could be in deep, deep shit. But at the same time, I still have personal students out here in Thailand, an international school student, another student who's going to go to one of the best private schools here in Bangkok that are still paying me a good lump sum. So I diversify. If I had only one income statement, my only job, right? and they got shut down, and all those classes were in-house, and none of them were online, like what happened last year, that could be a big issue. So I started diversifying as of last July, when I started getting online students, and by the time this year came around, I diversified in so many different ways that I'm like, okay, let me start building up the passive income. Do you guys get what diversification means? So with that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this wonderful podcast. Look at your savings look at everything and ask yourself if you're diversifying asking ask yourself if you can go on the attack while playing defense 
having the four months of rent stashed away or about six months worth of income to survive another wave of infections or COVID wherever you live in the world, but at the same time, attacking in terms of investing into different things and figuring out ways how you can invest maybe $200 a month into this and that and maybe getting into day trading if you have a little bit of money, probably $100 to $200 and understanding how that works. So you guys got a lot of work to do. I'm your host as always, over and out.